Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. Today, I'm going to be talking about the top nutritional myths, the top food myths, and debunk them. There are so many things out there with the internet and weird science and all the different YouTube videos we watch and all the TikTok videos that either may or may not be true. And I found some things very surprising, but I'm gonna go over 21 different myths and debunk them and say the real truth, according to many different sources. And before we dive into this list of food and nutrition myths, I want you to please know that number one, the myth is there are, are bugs in your strawberry frappuccino. According to Starbucks, they used to use bugs in the frappuccino to create the red color. And now today they are using a color called carmine color, but they used to come from the con- conchineal bug, which created the red color. And that also is found in nerds candies and grapefruit juice, not to mention cosmetics and lovely shades of red lipstick. But No longer is Starbucks using bugs in the strawberry frappuccino. I didn't know anything about that. And another one before we get started into the the list is the myth is that there's beaver butt secretions in your vanilla ice cream. Apparently, people have heard that secretion called castorium, isolated from the anal gland of a beaver, is used in flavorings and perfumes. But it's so expensive, up to $70 per pound of anal gland, the cost to humanly milk Historium from a beaver is likely even higher, but it's unlikely to show up in anything you eat. So that is also a myth that you will not be finding that in uh, vanilla ice cream. I thought that was hilarious. And also that coffee stunts your growth. More research shows that there's no correlation between caffeine consumption and bone growth in kids. In fact, my cousin always drank coffee as a little boy and he is now a doctor. So it didn't stunt his growth or thought process or brain power whatsoever, it probably gave him maybe an edge on his competition. I'm not sure. So I just want to give you those three because I'm sure you were very curious about the the beaver glands, the bugs in in the strawberry frappuccino, and the coffee right off the bat. But let's delve right into the top 21 myths and see how we can debunk them properly. The first one is one of the diet fads that says protein is bad for you. I actually very rarely hear hear this and think that protein is considered to be better for you according to the keto diet, but many say that too much protein can actually damage your kidneys. And I do know certain bodybuilders that take a lot of protein and they have damaged their kidneys, but that's also from everything else they've done and sort of compromise their health. But a lot of bodybuilders and people in fitness would rather honestly die young and be beautiful. And that is, I've heard many people say that then you know, cut the protein and cut the way they diet. So the truth is, is that protein, even in large amounts, is not harmful to your bones nor kidneys, unless you are suffering from a pre-existing condition. Myth number two is that carbs are bad for you. So many people believe that you know, with a high glycemic index and the lesser known insulin index, 
that they're very unhealthy and that they make you gain weight. And of course, eating a ton of pasta and not working out and things like that will make you gain weight just like anything else does. But the truth about carbs is as long as you don't overindulge, there's nothing inherently harmful about carbohydrates. In fact, we need carbohydrates. Number three, the myth is that fats are bad for you. Eat fat, gain fat, right? That's how many people think. And we've known over the years that that's just not the case. Um, saturated fat is the main driver of cardiovascular disease. And that is in things that do not contain, it, it's like trans fats. It's, it's bad fats for you. However, you can get omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids from fish and eggs and many other things that are very, very good for you. So we don't want to avoid fat. And the truth is, is that if you stay in a caloric surplus, a low fat, diet won't make you lose weight. You need some omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids and saturated fat won't necessarily give you a heart attack, but too much trans fat may. So just watch those fats. Myth number four is that egg yolks are bad for you. If there's one thing the media is good at, it's scaring you away from perfectly healthy foods and it does with all of us, whether it be too much coconut water or, you know, do you have coconut oil or do you not have coconut oil? Are eggs good for you? Are eggs bad for you? Don't eat the yolk, only eat egg whites. Everybody is different and everybody processes foods differently. So there really are no bad foods, especially when you're not overindulging. The truth about eggs is that they are a great source of protein, fats, and other nutrients. Their association with high cholesterol and cardiovascular disease has been severely overblown. So go ahead and eat those egg yolks in moderation, of course. Myth number five is that red meat is bad for you and that red meat causes cancer. And so many people will avoid it except for the people on keto. But the truth about red meat is that fears about this meat causing cancer are overly broad. The types of red meat that have strong associations with cancer center around a regular intake of cured, smoked, or highly processed meat. Making healthy lifestyle choices, such as eating a balanced diet rich in whole foods, staying at a healthy weight, exercising, and not smoking is more overall important to your health than micromanaging your intake of red meat. So go ahead and eat that delicious red meat in indulgence. If you're a vegan and you wanna stay away from it in other ways with other things that you think about, whether it be protecting animals or just your overall health, maybe you don't process red meat properly, no judgments anywhere. But vegans and vegetarians, please try not to judge those that eat red meat and consume it because I've been with a lot of people that are sort of zealots who will literally yell at people at a table just because they're eating red meat or if you're buying it in the store. Honestly, stay in your lane. Everybody needs to do their own thing and not be judged constantly. Myth number six is that salt is bad for you. This contains a little bit of a grain of truth because studies have associated excess salt with hypertension or high blood pressure, kidney damage, and an increased risk of cognitive decline. However, the truth about salt is that Salt reduction is important for people with salt-sensitive hypertension, and excessive salt intake is associated with harm. But a drastic decrease in salt intake has not shown uniform benefit in clinical trials. Most people will benefit more from a diet of mostly unprocessed than from micromanaging their salt intake. So that's a myth. Myth number seven is that bread is bad for you. Hallelujah! Bread has taken a beating over the years, especially white bread, and honestly, who doesn't love white Wonder Bread with like Jiffy or Skippy peanut butter? Oh my God, no, you know, Jiff or Skippy peanut butter. It is the best and it is the best treat. If you don't like Wonder Bread with peanut butter, you're lying. <laughs> but people will argue of the fact that bread will make you fat and bread contains lots of gluten, which is bad for you. 
It does not inherently make you fat, but it tends to be dense in calories, and that's why we shouldn't overeat. Also, there's always a myth between white bread versus whole wheat bread, and eating bread is all right as long as it's whole wheat, but while whole wheat bread made from wheat flour and whole wheat bread provide a similar number of calories, whole wheat bread has a lower glycemic index and insulin index, so that's why it's just considered to be a little bit healthier than white bread. But don't judge, because white bread is still delicious, and if you can, if you are someone that cannot afford to eat, eat the white bread. You know, it just you need any kind of nutrients you can possibly get. The truth about bread is that although some people are sensitive to wheat, the gluten content isn't necessarily to blame, and other foods may be also be implicated. Bread or any other food will not inherently cause weight gain unless you, its consumption puts you in a caloric surplus. And whole wheat bread is claimed to be far healthier than white bread, but they aren't that different, and neither contains high levels of fiber or micronutrients. So, all, everything in moderation. Myth number eight is that high fructose corn syrup is far worse than sugar. And we hear this all the time, but the truth is that high fructose corn syrup and table sugar are very similar from a health perspective. Although this corn syrup may sometimes contain more fructose, the difference is negligible. And also it's always that, do you eat Splenda or Stevia or Sweet and Low or Equal? Many of these things are inherently bad for you, but actually I eat Splenda. You know, there's certain things that I'm extremely healthy about. And if I add Splenda to my diet, so be it. Sometimes you just have to pick and choose and you have to live your life. Myth number nine is that dietary supplements are necessary. But honestly, if you are getting enough vitamins and minerals in your diet, supplements have their uses. And some people may benefit from supplementing specific vitamins or minerals, but supplements should not compete with a healthy diet. Try to eat as much of a whole foods diet as you possibly can and supplement those vitamins. But you can't exist on just the vitamins. And if you're eating a supplemental diet that provides everything, you really don't need to add those in. But for myself, I always do just in case. Myth number 10 is that food nutrients are greater than supplemental nutrients. And the truth is that with regard notably to vitamins, foods are not always superior to supplements. So it kind of goes against both ways. What I suggest and what most people suggest is that eating a whole foods diet with a lot of balance of protein, carbs, and fats, and eating it in the right amount, feeling good, feeling energetic, and being healthy, you can add those supplements, but are they not? Are they necessarily better? Use your body as an example. Go with what you feel. Talk to your doctors. They kind of go both ways. Myth number 11 is that fresh is more nutritious than frozen or canned. The truth is that there's little difference between fresh and frozen produce nutrient-wise. Canned produce tends to undergo a lot more processing, but remember that cooking is a form of processing as well. So overall, fresh and frozen produce might be more nutritious than canned produce overall, but eating enough whole food fruits and vegetables is more important than how they are processed. Myth number 12 is that foods labeled natural are healthier. I look at this in makeup products, everything. Like I cannot wear a lot of makeup at all or even in general and natural ingredients are even worse for me. So I kind of steer clear and people are like, oh, it's natural. But I always think like, well, so is poison ivy and I'm not you know, rubbing that in my skin. It is natural to think that foods labeled as natural or all natural or 100% natural are healthier. But what those labels actually mean are not always the truth um, with meat and with hormones and antibiotics and other foods 
the FDA will consider something different for everything. And the truth is that overall, the natural label isn't tightly regulated across the board. Importantly, neither the USDA nor the FDA defines natural in relation to the healthfulness of the food. In other words, a natural label does not guarantee the product is healthful, though it might be. So just kind of read, do the research around the brands, experiment with it, but whatever works for you, just don't take the, every single label as true because they can get around a lot of a lot of different rules, especially with the pandemic and the supply chain issues. So just really go with what works for your body and what makes you feel good. Myth number 13 is that you should eat clean. And we hear this all the time, or eat only plant-based food, or eat only raw food, or only organic food. This, how about only pesticide-free produce? The truth is that clean eating is tough to define, as gurus don't even know or even agree on which foods are clean and which are not. Some people say, oh, a clean diet means no meat or dairy. That's to that person. Just stick to the basics, as we say. And favor whole foods, but don't feel like any small amount of processed foods will kill you because you only live once and that's not going to harm you overall if you do it every once in a while. And eat organic if you wish to and can afford it. And peel or wash all vegetables and fruits because some people just cannot afford all organic food. And a lot of times you really don't need the organic. It can be a lot more expensive. And when you're taking something like a pineapple, you really don't need to buy an organic pineapple because it has such a thick, rough skin that the pesticides aren't going to get inside anyway. And don't quote me on that, but things like that with rough skin, you don't need to, to spend that extra money and go organic. But if you're following a very strict, perhaps anti-carcinogen diet, then you know do what you need to do. But don't feel you need to spend so much more money on organic produce just because it's organic, especially in this day and age with inflation, the gas prices, etc., etc. On to myth number 14, and that is that you should detox regularly. Uh, detox diets are the ultimate manifestation of the clean eating obsession, and such diets commonly limit foods to plant-based juices and sometimes seasoned with a supplement only. After a few days of that regimen, you're supposed to be cleansed of everything in the diet, toxins, pesticides, high fructose corn syrup. However, the real truth of the matter is that you need to focus on sustainable health habits, such as eating nutritious foods. Ample protein, leafy greens, and foods chock full of vitamins and minerals are not just tastier than anything in a detox diet has to offer, but they're also way better for you and your liver detoxification pathways, ironically. A detox diet might make you feel better, but that's usually because of the increased whole food intake, not because of any form of detoxification that is taking place, especially if people are incorporating those teas, like teas that contain sencha, you will be in the bathroom forever. So if you want to clean out your system, literally and figuratively, you'll drink those juices and drink those teas. But after a while, you're losing vital nutrients and you're really not doing your body any favors. So if it's after like a strong drinking binge, go for it. You know, people are always grabbing those um, juice cleanses after that. In fact, I talked to two guys today that were, they didn't even want to hear the dog as far as another alcoholic drink. They just wanted to be cleansed. And one guy went in the sauna for about two hours in and out just to get rid of all the toxins in his body. But eat a clean diet. You don't need to be juice cleansing all the time. It's really not good for you in the long run. Myth number 15 is that eating often will boost your metabolism. This is, we hear this so often that you need to eat seven meals a day, otherwise your metabolism slows down. But the truth is that digestion does slightly increase your me metabolic rate. 
but the frequency of your meals will have less effect on your weight than their total caloric content at the end of the day. Again, it's all about a deficit and a surplus. You should be burning your calories. And if you're over, overly consuming and you're in a surplus and you're not burning, that's when you gain weight. So it really doesn't matter if you eat at a certain time or skip breakfast, everybody is different and just do what works for your body. Myth number 16 is that you should not skip breakfast. And they say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, just like you hear that an apple a day keeps the doctors away. However, the real truth of this matter is you don't need to eat breakfast to be healthy or lose weight. You should base your breakfast consumption on your preferences and personal goals. Feel free to experiment to see if you wanna make skipping a breakfast a habit. A lot of people do intermittent fasting. I have tried that. I do that every once in a while, but after a while I wasn't able to do it because I would just get too hungry. I always now have breakfast and um, just kind of depends on your activity level. When I was injured, I didn't need it as much, but now that I'm out and about and trying to get better every single day, um, I will eat three solid meals and snacks during the day. Every once in a while, I will intermittent fast, but it's not a strong thing that I did as before. Myth number 17 is to lose fat, you should not eat before bed. Oh my God, thank God this is, this is a myth because eating late won't make you gain weight unless it drives you to eat more. For example, if you're sitting there watching Netflix and you eat dinner late and then you want popcorn and you want chocolate and then you order Uber Eats or from Grubhub or from Postmates and then you want more and then you're seeing commercials for indulging things and you go on and on and then you want ice cream and then you get so involved with the television that you forget what you're eating, that's the problem. But resisting tasty high caloric snacks at night can be harder than harder at night after a long day. So it doesn't make you gain weight if you eat late. It just is that we tend to overindulge at night. And myth number 18 is to lose fat, do cardio on an empty stomach. Thank God this isn't the case also. I can't function on an empty stomach. Well, it kind of depends actually. I just don't like to eat a big meal before I work out because I just, I get too full and it makes me kind of nauseous, especially swimming. The truth about this is that there's very little difference between cardio in a fed or fasted state with regard to fat loss, muscle preservation, daily caloric intake, or metabolic rate. Therefore, what really matters is you, the person. Some people feel lighter and energized when they do cardio on an empty stomach, while others will feel lightheaded and sluggish. Fed or fasted state, pick whatever makes you feel better. So sometimes, for example, I'll get off a set or off a shoot, and I will have eaten earlier that day, and if I want to go straight to the gym, I have to get at least a coffee and a snack before I go in. Otherwise, but if I go home and then I start to eat, then I won't go to the gym. So just kind of like figure out what works for you with your routine. And sometimes you think you're all gung-ho to go to the gym, but then you're in traffic for a whole hour and then you're starving. So just, and then you want to grab like the nearest fast food joint. Again, whatever works for you, try to get that workout in regardless, whether it's cardio or weightlifting or just light a light 10 minute workout, you're at least doing something and it makes you feel better. Myth number 19 is that you need protein right after your workout. And I see people immediately going to get their protein shakes at the gym. And some people like didn't even do anything with their day. And then they're drinking that protein shake or they're drinking it while they're working out, but yet they're only on their phones on the machines. So just kind of like when you exercise, you damage your muscles, which your body then needs to repair and that will make them more resilient and bigger in the process. And the raw material for this repair is the protein that you ingest. So it's kind of that anabolic window that you need. However, the truth about this is 
Unless you're, you've been exercising on an empty stomach, you don't need protein immediately after your workout, but you might benefit from about 0.24 to 0.6 grams per kilogram of body weight or 0.11 to 0.27 grams per pound within the next couple of hours after your workout. What matters most though is that your protein will get you through the course of the day to give you energy. Myth number 20 is that creatine will increase your testosterone but may cause hair loss and kidney damage. This is all over the board, especially with the testosterone increase and the hair loss. However, and kidney damage, um, the truth of this whole matter is that out of all the supplements out there, creatine is one of the most extensively researched. The vast majority of the evidence indicates that this supplement is safe for long-term use and is unlikely to harm your kidneys, cause hair loss, or increase your testosterone. It's also been suggested for women to take creatine, and I'm still looking into this for myself. I don't know if I would or would not. I just haven't tried it yet, um, but it's something that is suggested for women. So I may do a podcast on that because I'm very interested in hearing more about it. And finally, myth number 21 is that negative calorie foods actually do not exist or make sense. Oh boy, this is a tough one because I've actually done a podcast on negative calorie foods and then you can burn more calories. The whole thought process is, is that there is so much fiber and water in these foods that it takes a lot more calories to burn than what you're actually taking in. So people think that negative calorie foods are the holy grail for weight loss and that foods that have fewer calories than your body uses to digest them. And imagine the weight loss you could achieve if you consumed foods constantly like those that are from like the celery plant, tomatoes, lettuce, kale, things like that. They're more filling and that is why you will eat less and be more full because of a voluminous diet. So a lot of people will eat voluminous diets, but in the long run, it all kind of evens out. So the myth is that negative calorie foods will make you lose weight. The truth is that there is no evidence that a food can possess negative calories, thereby directly contributing to weight loss. But foods typically categorized as negative calorie items tend to be high in water and fiber, as I said. So their consumption may lead to weight loss because you consume less food overall. So those are the 21 myths. And uh, there's so much information in the mainstream media. So really, if you just look and experiment with your own body and just sort of do your own hacks within your own health, then you can figure out what works for you. But it's always good to read. It's always good to read on the latest research and is coconut oil good for you? Is it bad for you? All these different things that we hear. But it's just overall good to have less stress in your life, get a lot of sleep, eat whole foods diets that are rich in omega fatty acids and the right amount of carbs, proteins, and fiber and fats, and just lead a happy life where you feel as if you're leading to your purpose and being surrounded by great family, friends, and just loving life overall. So those are the top 21 nutrition and diet myths debunked in the last couple years. And I hope this helped you in some level, in some way. And I'm going to keep eating my Splenda, even though it's bad for me. And I'm going to keep drinking coffee, even though some say that it's good for you. Some say that it's bad for you. I like my life and I'm sticking to it. But I will always make changes here and there to benefit in any type of health and always uh, help others where they may need uh, to be helped as well, where I have the knowledge or point them in the, in the right direction. Anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. I'll see you next time. Thanks again.
We appreciate you for listening, and please rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary Tuned In, or at Leave.com. And you can always reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels or at Ann McDaniels Actress. And I'll see you next time on Believe SoCal Sweat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.